one of the most difficult things, and we have a lot of difficult things, and, and I want everybody to think about this. Don't listen to the story just pertaining to this one girl. Think about the different things that your kids are doing in their lives, okay, that are dysfunctional. And I want you to try to apply this to your kids, okay? The first thing that happens when our kids are doing things that we don't do, whether it's us or, or dysfunctional, we right away cringe, and we right away think that this thing is bad, right? And we don't understand why you're doing this. Why are you eating treif? Why Mechal Shabbos? What does it do for you? And tattoos is particularly difficult for us. And I wish we were all so holy that, that the chet bothered us. It's not really the chet, because I have parents who are crying much more over a tattoo chet than a Shabbos chet, and Shabbos is much bigger than a vera. We have parents crying more when their kids put on jeans than at Mechal Shabbos. So it's not really just about the fact that it's a vera, which it is, and it bothers us, and all of that. But there's much more. It's permanent. It's permanent. We're embarrassed. It's permanent. In 10 years from now, we feel bad for them. You're going to recover, Mitzvah Hashem. And in 30 years from now, you're still going to have this, this um, uh, skeleton you know, thing on you with the saying or this Christian, le- uh, uh, Japanese, uh, Chinese lettering on it. You know, like, we don't want them to have it. We don't think it's good for them. And that's because we're Baruch Hashem healthy. And we're looking at it from a healthy perspective. However, a lot of them get tattoos. First of all, it's just around more. And uh, there are much more tattoo parlors than there used to be 10 years ago. It's much more in style. Yeah, it's more fashionable. Now, the Goyim, I don't know why they're getting it. The Jewish kids that I know, Kips, people in our group, are doing it simply, simply, simply out of pain. And we're upset by the way that they are manifesting their pain and dealing with their pain. And we're looking at it like we know that this is bad for you. And I want to just... I want you to just put your mind into a different place. So I want you to understand them. I want you to understand that you don't understand them. And I want you to be focused on what's your tafkid here. Your tafkid is not to stop him from getting a tattoo. Your tafkid is not to stop her from eating treif. I'll tell you why it's not your tafkid. Because if you try to, you will fail. The, the brake on this car hasn't worked for years. And every time you try to hit the brake, all you do is cause a spin. You cause much more damage. And you see it yourself. She wanted a tattoo. You tried to stop her. Two weeks later, she wants three tattoos. You caused that. And it comes from a very, very deep lesson. We really don't trust our kids. We look at them as they're schlech, they're bad, they're manipulators, they're liars, and if you, they, they're just going to do bad, bad, bad. If you have that mindset, you're not part of TP, and you're not going to save your kid's life. And if you think about it, we heard Mamarim growing up, every Yid is a Chelekel every Jew is Be'etzem good, whether it's Chasidus, whether it's from other places, or it's, it's Chazal. This kid, you know these kids, this kid, this kid is good. Many of these kids were our best kids, nicest, sweetest, smartest kids. And all of a sudden now, they're doing stuff. And we turn on them. We didn't have their experiences. We don't understand what it does to you when you're a child and you go through trauma. We don't realize how it manifests, and we don't understand them. So I don't mind if you say, I don't understand you. I mind that you don't say that, but instead you judge and you criticize, even in yourself, even if you don't, Avi's going to kill me so I can't criticize, right? No, but you're criticizing. It means that you already decided that I think if I went through what she went through, I wouldn't get this tattoo. It's false. I think if I would have gone through what he went through, I wouldn't have gone off the derech. What right do you have to say that? And even if it's true, 
So he's not you. So he's not as strong as you are. You're lucky, you're resilient, you're strong. But you really don't know. None of us want to come back in the next Gilgal as any of these kids. And yet, we think, we constantly second-guess them. I have news for you. I give them credit. I give them trust. You know why? Because they're a lot more right than we are. Look back, before you were trained, how many mistakes we made. We looked at them as bad, as evil. After you're trained, you see this kid in pain, he's a tzaddik, a tzaddikis. We have kids whose parents are here, just by the parents changing the way they understand and they train on the kid, they see tzaddikim. There's no machloikis in Klal Yisrael. There are people who are trained and the people who are not trained. There's no machloikis. The people who say that the Rishayim aren't trained. They didn't live on the street with them for 15 years. All the people working for 15, 20 years with these kids, actually working with the parents and with the kids, living in the sugi, all agree that they're in pain. From Rav Steinman, okay, at 105 years old, Zatzal, all the way down to all, all the people that I know. Okay, you have a few hotheads that look at everybody as evil and bad and like talking about it. Fine. There's always going to be different opinion. That's not our opinion. My, it's not my experience. It's not taiva. So every time we look at these kids, instead of saying, this is a good, smart, holy kid, and therefore, if I don't, just because I don't understand, I don't understand why he needs this, I'm not going to not support him. What would happen if, if Hashem came to you in a dream? If Moshe Rabbeinu said, this kid... He's right. He's doing the best that he can. Support him, and you'll see he'll end up being everything you want him to be. Then you would do it. You have to have the understanding. You have to think about this kid. You have to think about all the Mamari Chazal that we have, all of the Nesiva Shalams, and all of the Lubavitcher Rebbes, and all of the Ripshaks, from all Syrians, and, and from everybody, everybody, Rebbevad Yosef, and they all said that you should boost these kids, and every Jew is good, and everybody tries, and your job is not to stop them. If you go and you're driving and you hit black ice, your first reaction, you see in front of you a big oil tanker, you have eight kids in the car, your first reaction, your first reaction is going to be slam on the brakes. Right? And your wife is sitting and goes, wait, 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 I think I heard something about this. Let me Google. She Googles black ice. What's the first thing they tell you? Don't touch the brake. So you say, I should do nothing? Right, that's everybody's time. I should do nothing. You're just going to let the car go? Well, here are your choices, unfortunately. You do nothing. You might hit that oil tanker, and, and some people might die, and some, but some people might live. Option B, you hit the brake, you're going to spin, and everyone's going to die. Chas Rishon, terrible example. With these kids, you know that when you hit the brake, it does crazy things to them. They feel, I lost my security, these people don't have trust in me. They don't understand me. They're trying to stop me. They're trying to control. Why are they so anti-control? You know why? Because the control that we want to put on them is not correct for their illness. It's like the nurse that's coming in to give a medicine. It's a wrong medicine. You don't know their experience. You don't understand. You look at. You can look at them now. You know something very bad happened to your kid. You know that. Something very, very bad happened to my kid. And it's not, she, she or he is not going to get better because Tati doesn't let and Mommy doesn't let. The only thing I can do is take away parents that the kid feels homeless. The kid feels mamish like a yasim. We have thousands of kids out there who feel like Yisimim. Yeah, I have a father out there. They don't understand me. They don't want me. They just, every time I walk in, they look at me like this, whatever. And it's all a one big fat misunderstanding. Because the child is a tzaddik, is a tzaddikis, 
who is in pain and therefore the pain makes them act and look a certain way and they can't describe it and explain it. So the parents think that they went with Tarbis Ra and they became evil and therefore we have to stop them and they're going to ruin the other kids and we then they, they must have rules. Right? And then the therapy world comes in with this massive confusion to hundreds of parents who have told me what they were advised from thousands of therapists, right? You have to have control. It's your house. If you have a sick kid, imagine a kid with fever. You have to have control. You can't come to the Shabbos table that way. It's your house. And over trying to maintain a few rules, they lose the kid. We get, like we see here in group, consistently we'll get those rules. With Chachma, with Tvuna, we'll get those rules back. We can control the behavior. You win them over with love. And it works. And those same rules that people are losing kids' car race over, we're getting those rules and much more than, than we even imagined. We're getting kind, happy kids who enjoy being home, who are protecting their siblings, who are not ruining their siblings, who are not picking up knives and chasing their fathers like the call I got of a girl chasing her father with a scissors. And he said, I don't really think that she was going to stab me. Can you imagine living like that? I really think deep down she wasn't, but I had to run away. So, and the other kids are growing up in that kind of traumatic environment where the father's running away and the mother's screaming and they're calling Hatzalah and they call police and they took the kid in a straitjacket and they put her in the psych ward. And a week later, they can't, and the psych wards is full of Jewish kids and the psych wards keep on saying to all the parents who have put their kids in psych wards before coming here, what have all the parents told me? You know what the psych ward says? We don't have any diagnosis. There's nothing, we don't know what it is. There's nothing psychiatric. The psych ward is for sick people. Our kids are not sick. They're not psychiatrically ill. They're traumatized. And they're forced, and when we force them to, to act like us, and they can't, they go mashuga. They go crazy. We make them go crazy. So the aside you have to understand here is, you have no idea, this is an alien. You don't understand them. If through their years of darkness and pain, if through their years of confusion and sin, you constantly give their nefesh, their subconscious, a feeling of, I totally, I trust you, I agree with you. Which is what Rav Gersh Nadelstein was saying, what Rav Steinman was saying, or, and what many G'dayim were saying. If you constantly make them feel understood, then they're going to have a certain inner calm. That's usually the thing that we see here in, in TP, very early, that, that calm, I'm comfortable. Eventually, that's going to allow them to open up around you. You're not going to like what you hear. But there's a big, huge, huge difference in the outcome in five years, in ten years, in twenty years from now. There's a huge difference between a kid who can get a tattoo or a kid who can talk to his mommy and say, I really want to get a tattoo. Between a kid who does some kind of a disgusting avera like picking up a prostitute, which they do, or a kid who can tell his, his father, you know, I really feel like I need to do this. It's hard. I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm just saying is there's a difference in the end. Because one kid is alone, confused, hates himself, ashamed of himself, embarrassed of himself, and the other one knows that I have parents who believe in me, even when I am mamish in Shaltachtas, which is so much Svarim is telling us about Hashem, that He's with us, even B'Saych Tumasam, Hashem is going further distance to bond with us in our dysfunctional Tumah than we are going even for the worst kips. And He does it. He's with us, and he understands us. Every year is good, and there's so many, oh, a thousand different tire on that. It's interesting. I get different tire from all over the world. I have, I'm, I'm going to be putting out a book, not about twisted, just all the mamari chazal from from other people, and there, and nobody ever sent me a story that the Rebbe said or the Shashiva said. You have to throw the kid out of the house. It's always how they kept the kid in. Even though he's stealing, you should leave him in the dormitory. And even the Chazanish and the Satmar Rebbe, the Babach Rebbe, all the same. 
Every, every story has the same ending. Someone just sent me from, today, for last week from the Naim Lamelech, now I have from the, from the Bermaim Chaim, constant, and it's always the same thing, how you have to leave Huben Yedid, and you have to love every Jew, and how the Vizhnitz Rebbe had kids, and I heard from the basis Yisrael. I'm hearing all these stories, and no Rebbe Rosh Hashiva, no Rabbi ever said, if somebody doesn't conform, you've got to throw them out of the house. You should make a book of the stories. I am making a book of the stories. I'm doing it, yeah. So the bottom line is that we have to understand that we don't understand, but I trust you. And even though you think that you're not going to actually help the kid for the short term, it's called losing the battle in order to win the war. We don't actually end up losing the battles all the time either. But we win the war, that's for sure. Losing the battles in order to win the war means that if your kip feels in their nefesh, in their subconscious, that my parents don't like me the way that I am, they get worse. If she feels they didn't really want me to do that, they're embarrassed of me when I do that. That's, they're trying to control me. They get worse. This is practical. It's not a machlekes and shita. The machlekes and shita is how much you can do, which we have Rabbanim for that. But there's nobody that's going to disagree with the fact that a kid going through these dark stages that feels that my parents don't really understand me and are embarrassed of me and are yucky, that that's going to make them better. I, I have never even heard of anybody who feels that way. So you have to bake into them this certain calm feeling of, yeah, if you feel that that's what you need to do, you know yourself better. Yeah, that's what you need to do. Why are we doing that? Why? Because we like tattoos? Because we like trafe? Because we want to make them hefker? No. Because we're healing the part of them deep inside that's broken, that was broken by other people who traumatized them. There's a part of them that is causing all of this. And until you heal that part, you're going to have a thousand different symptoms. How many parents call me up and they tell me, I say, what diagnosis does, does, uh, does your child have? And they say, well, depression, anxiety, OCD, ODD, um, borderline personality disorder. I say, really? I don't think Hashem gives five illnesses to one person. Hashem gives a person five physical illnesses. Yeah, a kid all of a sudden at 17 years old gets uh, heart, heart failure and um, give me some diseases, please. Bronchitis and pneumonia and diabetes, whatever. I would say then there's a problem with the immune system, and that's why they're getting all these sicknesses. So you don't treat the, the pneumonia, you don't treat each new disease that pops up, there's, there's a fundamental problem in the health of the child. That's called trauma. Kids who are traumatized, they end up looking like they have 20 different things. Because depression is a disease. If Hashem wants to give a kid depression, you have a machla depression, it's a disease. Depression and anxiety and social anxiety, and oppositional defiant disorder, and OCD, and borderline personality. Re- really? Really? Somebody was like leaning on the, bu- on the disease button that day in Shemayim, and like, you know, accidental eight different diagnoses, right? You gave, you gave your kids all of them? All of the above? Every, everything? Why? How, why? A person could suffer from depression. Plenty of people suffer from depression. They don't suffer from five different illnesses. Because deep down inside of your kid... You know this, because you've done all the going for diagnoses, and going to psychiatrists, and medicating stuff, and going to therapy, and nothing worked. Deep down, there's a pipe inside of that's broken. I'm not going to go into the whole thing now, but look up on YouTube, or look at the videos that I sent you about the broken sewer pipe. It's going to fill up with sewage. You are the only people, you parents, have to go down and find that pipe that's broken of the self-esteem, of the falerenkeit, of the zebrachenkeit, of the I feel like garbage, I feel like I'm a nothing, I feel like nobody understands me, and you got to fix that pipe. When you fix that pipe, 
and they get a certain calm that, no, it's not just the people on the street that say, yeah, whoa, cool, look. No, my mommy and tati are saying, whoa, yeah, cool, look. It's hard. Okay? But you're building trust in the kid that I trust you. Tabas Hazov. I'm giving you my sig, what's it called? The ring? Signet Signet ring? Because I trust you. I don't understand this, but you know what? I don't know what you went through. I don't understand it. I don't have to understand this. I don't, I don't have to understand it. I was in the hospital last week with a friend of mine, Nebuchadnezzar. His son is, is Nebuchadnezzar. He's very sick and he's, he's taking treatments. If the kid says, I want uh, pomegranate juice, I'm going to get him pomegranate juice. Do you understand why? I don't have to understand it. It's out of my league. As parents, you're not professionals, even though you're all doing very well and you're very trained. Okay? You don't have to understand it. But build trust. I trust you. Your kid wants a tattoo. You say, if you feel that you need it, I trust you. You must really need it. What do you lose? They're going to get it anyway. This concept that if they see that it's not the thing, then they're not going to want more. That's bankrupt. That's bankrupt. They should at least see the pain in your eyes. Bankrupt. Doesn't work. It's not Does not work for our kids. Maybe in third grade, or maybe a kid going off the derech, if people are going to still try it, maybe it can work. That's not Kipville. We are in Kipville, people. We're in crisis. Our kids, that they see the disappointment in your eyes, and that they're margish, that you really prefer not, maybe not three today, maybe you get two, and you're handling with them. You know what they walk away with? Can't wait to get out of here. One day I'm going to get out of here, I'll be on my own, and I'll go hang around the people that trust me, that make me feel good, and you love them more than anybody. But you're, they don't understand that. Because if you don't accept them, you don't trust them, they don't feel that you really understand them, and they don't care that you love them. They don't care. Listen carefully. They don't care that by their levaya, you're going to cry more than everybody else. They need you. They need you. They need you to rebuild the trust. They don't need you to love them by the levaya. Where were you when I needed you? So you guys are Baruch Hashem, very, very good that you're not making the mistakes of many parents because you're trained, you're TP trained. You're not part of their pain. You're not causing them more pain. You're not looking them d- down at them that uh, how could you come like this and why are you doing this? We had so many parents, we have grandparents here, they say, I don't understand, why can't she come to my house respectful, even if she's off to there? We train them, we explain it to them, Baruch Hashem, and there's a lot of wonderful tzaddikim out there, Rabbanim, Rabbeim, that are really getting it, and Amamish, Dayanim, that are really explaining it, and Rosh Hashivas, People are already understanding it. Okay, it's a machla. And this is what works because it calms them down and they behave better. So we're not making mistakes. But you need to do more than that. When they need something disgusting, you need to say, I trust you. Otherwise, first of all, you're going to have more. And that's the problem. You, you, they need more. Okay, whether it's fighting for control over their own body or for, uh, if it's... Um, Resilience, or uh, um, what's that word that I was talking about? Um, that they suffer from reactance, right? Whether it's the reactance shabai, which is unbelievable. Look it up in the Wikipedia. Reactance, what it does, and Mamish describes their brains that the more that you don't let me, the more I'm going to fight. The freedom fighters, I got to be free because they were tortured and of all kinds of trauma that they went through. I'm going to do it, whatever the reason is. You're stuck on black ice. If you hesitate and you touch that break and you try to negotiate, you lose the battle, you lose the war. You lose the battle means they're going to do it anyway. You lose the battle means that they're going to do it more. More. It's going to be worse. And then you lose the war because you disconnected the respirator, 
because you let go of the only tafkid you have in order to go do something else which you couldn't even help. Your tafkid is that your daughter should understand from you that you don't look down at her and judge her in any way. And you know why you shouldn't look down at her? Because she's not bad. Bad things happen to her. She's not bad. And you know why you shouldn't judge her? Because you're wrong. You, 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 you're wrong. You're judging her wrong. I'm not a guy that says, don't judge anybody. I say, judge properly. But if you're going to judge somebody, you make sure you're right. Make sure you get all the facts, you really understand them, you download from their brain all the, all the pain, all the pain of falerinkeit and feeling lost and feeling alone, and, and then judge. You'll see she's right. But because you can't even do that, so don't judge means judge, give them the right. You're right. I don't understand you. You are right. I don't know why you can't wear a yarmulke, my dear son, but I trust you. I don't know why you can't dress tzniyas. They don't have a problem with tzniyas. Even Gayim outside in the winter are more tzniyastic than our kids. Right? So true. Gayim have a certain... They, you don't come to an a, a office party dressed like you're going to the beach. You, they have certain... Our kids don't have that. It's not a tzniyas problem. There's no what? Dress codes. Co- dress codes. And people say... But even Goyim, that's my point. They're not even acting like Goyim. That shows you that they're sick. They're not a healthy of They're a sick Yaakov. And when you understand that, then you understand your tafkid is one thing. Fix the piece that's broken. And that doesn't come from doubt or even hesitating. So the TP black belts are ones that don't even hesitate. As you learn karate, you start going like this, and then they throw you a punch in slow motion, and then you block it, right? But a black belt... Just, it's automatic. It's automatic. You could have three guys throw knives. That's what you guys are. That's what the black belts are. They don't have to go every single time there's a new Nisayan, which, it's, if you need to do it, run to the bathroom and call me. I got a call today. I mean, I'm in the bathroom. Everybody calls me from the bathroom. That's why I don't have video conferencing on my phone. Okay? Everybody calls me. Fine, if you need it, if you need it, go to the bathroom, no problem. But the real plan is, don't get thrown. Your daughter is highly, high crisis. You're doing Givaldic. How much better is she since you started? Health-wise, right? You're doing Givaldic. You, why? Because you focus not on what she does today, and not on what she does tomorrow, and not which Averi she does, and not which dysfunction she does, because Be'ezus Hashem, in a few years from now, look at the parents. We, always, we just spoke about it last night in group. Look at all the problems you had last year. Do you still have them? Baruch Hashem, out, crossed off the list. We have new problems. Less, right? We're trying to get better and better and better. After TP, once you start, once they actually accept it and the medicine is going in, things change, right? Very, very rare that people, I don't even think we ever had a year later, people say, nope, same thing. It's very, very rare. So we're giving medicine, we're treating the kid, so that way in two years from now, she shouldn't need any of this stuff. So your tafkid is not to stop them from doing the bad stuff. Your tafkid is to support them. If you have a shaila halacha, that you ask a rav. TP is together with your rabbi. You ask your rav, and your rav told you that you could take her to get a tattoo. Nabuch, fine. But it goes a little bit deeper than that. They want to get a tattoo because of pain. And we understand that, and we learned that, and it's true. That means that the, the person who's paying the bill for this tattoo is that same person that destroyed them 10, 15 years ago. That's the, that's the real truth. Who's getting, who's getting billed for this sin? This kid, the person who did this to them. Because it's a manifestation of exactly what happens. There is a spiral here. We see it. 
I wrote a book on it. People say, how many, how many of you guys said, wow, it's mamish like you wrote in the book. How can I write a book? Every person's different. Terrence is, there is a spiral. There's a thing that happens to kids who are molested as children, who are traumatized as children. There's a spiral. And when they go down through the spiral, they're all following almost the same script in, in very, in different details based on their personalities, but, or the level of trauma, but they're following a script. Why? Because, yes, they're forced. Rav Gershon Edelstein, Rav Steinman, and, and the Chassidish Rebbe, everybody said, Anusim, they're forced. Okay, there's one person who said, he's a big Paisic, he said, they're not, you can't call them Anusim. I told him, I'm not, when, I, when we say Anusim, actually, other people, it's Machlaikas, right? But, of course, many, many people say, but I don't, me personally, I'm not a Paisic, I'm not saying Anusim and Shemayim, I don't care about Shemayim, I care about Aretz, right? We can't look at them as bad and schlecht. Someone who gets traumatized, who gets raped, who gets molested, who's traumatized as a child, we have no right to judge them and to say, no, they could have done better. I leave that for the Bezna Shamala. As far as what is going on at Shemayim, yeah, it's a machlekes, I think most people are saying Anusim, like Rabbi Gershon Edelstein, it's very clear, Anusim. Mamish. Clear, a lot of people are. But I don't, I, I, I'm not here to get into that. I'm here to talk about we cannot judge them. We have to look at them, and everybody agrees. We on earth have no right to judge them. We look at them as, I know I could not come down to earth and be better than this kid. So don't turn on them. Let's go a little bit deeper. So we all know that the Averis they're doing are because of pain. We also know that they're not going to get punished for this, as far as we understand, because... The person called Hagayim Takalo Lechaveray who Nichnas Tachtav Lechal Einshim. The Medrash says that if you cause somebody else to stumble, you are going to get. Okay, so even if they're not Anusim, it's going on somebody else's Cheshbon. Almost all of them, whatever the, the certain Averis they have that they're going to get punished for, just like we are. But the big, big stuff, ninety-five percent that they have no control over because they were thrown into this crazy, crazy world. And for those people that say that everybody can control themselves to stop any Avera because Hashem doesn't give you a challenge, whatever, blah, 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 the stipler said it's not true. It's brought down. I heard a schmooze about it. It's not true. Everyone has a nekudas abchira. Hashem throws people through trauma. They can't be the same as a regular healthy person. That doesn't make any sense. Every person has a different experience. Even when people become Bali Tshuva in the beginning, you should tell them that they're free, free will. You have to keep all, all tiring mitzvahs. They don't do that. They, they, get them, they can't be like everybody else at that point. You have to build them up. You can build them up over time. Can everybody here lift 500 pounds? Maybe, but not today. You have to build up over time. You can't break people. So, they're, they're, at least we understand that their main huge things that they're doing wrong are because of pain. But then you told me that the whole tattoo that she wanted to get is to take the cuts on her body from those dark suicidal days when she wanted to die so bad that she took metal to her flesh and ripped and cut her own flesh, Right? In order to express her pain or to relieve herself from pain, because when you feel physical pain, it gives your brain. That, those were the darkest times of her life. And now that she's feeling actually better in her twisted brain, she wants to get a tattoo, probably to take those scars and make them into stems of flowers, like some of them have done, or leaves, like some of them have done, or to put some kind of a statement, like some of them have done, we had a, a kid that got a tattoo. It's good to feel pain because at least you know you're alive or something about a control or a symbol or a semicolon, which they get a semicolon because a semicolon is it was supposed to be a sentence. 
but it continued. Life was supposed to be over, but some reason I didn't die, and I continued my life, so they get a semicolon for people who committed suicide. We, and we just look at it like, oi, fui, oi, disgusting. I agree with you, it's disgusting. I agree with you that people who have amputations are disgusting. I agree with you. But it's the same thing. It's the person who, who drove the car, the drunk driver, that made this kid to have an amputated leg. That's disgusting to you. And now you're criticizing the leg and say, oh yeah, can you, do me a favor, when you come to Shabbos, they will put in a fake arm. Because it's, it's really hard. Can you, it makes everybody so nauseous. We can't eat when you, when, after that terror attack and you, you lost your arm. We would never do that. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. To her, she's doing it either to relieve pain or she's doing it for something to give her courage to go into the future. He said over there that she's doing it just like cutting, right? Because you have control over your body to give yourself pain. So then I would say that if her brain is in that place, then let her do it because the other choice is going to be cutting herself again. Or I think that what she's doing is she's taking back control and turning her damaged body into something beautiful. That's the clip that I sent you over, and maybe you should look at it and think about sharing it with her. Where they said in, I forgot, Japan or whatever it is, when something cracks, they put gold in it, right, to make it beautiful. She's trying to, she's stuck with this body, and she wants to look at these, these marks on her, and instead of thinking about death and dysfunction and trauma and pain and sleepless nights and feeling like you have no future, she wants to turn it into something that she can look at and feel strength. We had kids that had wolves looking up to the, to, the, to, the, to the moon. More than one kid got that one. We have all kinds of skeletons and, and swords and stuff. We had a kid that the father said something to him negative, you know, you can't, your dog can't come to the house. And it was Mamish Erev Shabbos, and he said, that's him, he packed up. Me and my dog are one. Even though he knew the dog for like one day. Okay, but me and my dog are one, and he left. And it was going into Shabbos, and they were really scared that he's going to commit suicide. He was suicidal. Right? And then they called him and called him. He didn't pick up. An hour later, the father called him when he came back from Shabbos from Shul. He called him on Shabbos. His Rav, he asked his Rav in Shul. He said, yeah. He called him and the kid picked up. Ah, oh, on Shabbos he called me. You must really want me. He said, I'm so sorry. Please come home. Okay, because he realized he's going to lose his kid. This was a very, very severely traumatized kid. We're not talking about regular chinuch here. We're talking about saving souls that, that we really thought he could and he could have killed himself. I want to end with this story. A boy who I work with came to me on a Tuesday. I've always said this story. Came to me on a Tuesday and said, Avi, look what I got. I got a tattoo. I got it Sunday night. So I looked at him and I said, why? What made you get it? Good question. I didn't judge him. I didn't say, oh yeah, how could you do such a thing? It says in the Torah, you know, it's a love. He's off the derech. He's been through Gehenna in this world. I, I don't know that many kids that are, are as traumatized as the, every trauma that he went through, which is severe. I'm going to judge him. But I was curious, why? I said, oh, what made you get it? So he said, because Sunday night I was feeling very suicidal. This is a boy that five times tried to kill himself. And one time was really dead, but there was a dog that saw him and barked, and then people found him and they pumped his stomach. If not for that dog, he would be dead. Okay, five times. This is a boy who was in psych wards. Who was, this is a boy who, if he said, I felt very suicidal, he means it in a way that normal people can't understand what it means, that he's ready to take his life. So I told him, so what happened? He goes, you know, I went to get a tattoo instead, and actually since then I'm not feeling suicidal. Now again, if you're normal, you're not going to understand this, because what does it mean? Your life is so bankrupt, so now you have the same bankrupt life plus tattoo, you feel better about yourself, you should feel even worse. It doesn't work that way. 
what, however it was, it broke the depression, it broke whether it was moving mental pain into physical, I don't know what it was, it doesn't matter. But I said, really? So you didn't kill yourself Sunday night because you got a tattoo? And Monday night, and Tuesday, and hopefully weiter, because of that tattoo? I said, I think you did the biggest mitzvah in the world. You did a mitzvah. We break tyrant to save lives. We drive on Yom Kippur, on Shabbos and on Yom Kippur to go, to go save a life. You got a Jew not to murder himself, not to die, by being over, by being over, the, I think you did a mitzvah. Let's ask the Rav. Let's go find out. And I said, I want to ask the rabbi because I want to pay for it. I want to pay for it. It was $80. I want to be the schus, I want to have the schus to, to fund that. I said, I want to ask my Rav because I want to pay with it for my Meister money. Because I think it's the best thing in the world is to give money to you mamish save the Jewish life. I'm not talking halacha over here, although I think it's probably true, but my point was to explain to him, you did good. Don't feel bad about yourself because that's the last thing these kids need is to feel bad about themselves. They're doing this because they feel bad about themselves times a billion and now we want them to feel bad about themselves and you think something's good is going to happen? No. They feel bad about themselves. You have to boost them and say, don't worry about it. I'm sure if you did it, you need it. I'm sure, if, I don't need to understand, I trust you. You're good. You know what? Let me see it. It's beautiful. I told him I want to pay for my Meister money for his tattoo. Not really. I didn't do it. Don't put me in Cherim. I would have asked the Rav first. But it's the point. The only problem was I wanted to put a plaque under it. Donated by Avi. You know, so we didn't get, you know, it would have hurt him to, to put in the plaque, you know, to nail it in. You just just understand that you don't understand. That's all, that's all, that's all. Just trust your kids. I don't know why you need to do this crazy stuff. And everybody here, by the way, is, is their kids are doing different forms of really some, some crazy stuff. Just realize that you gave birth to a tzaddik. You gave birth to a tzaddikus. And somewhere between the, the bris or the kiddush and the upsharon, and now somebody hurt your kid because you didn't raise this kid to be this bad. They aren't bad. Something happened to them and they broke. Something happened to them and they broke. And that's the, the, the understanding that you have to have when you're dealing with this terrible, terrible subject of tattoos. You also have to understand that the Stachina Rebbe said that just like the Divriyel, the Satma Rebbe said, that after the Holocaust, if you see somebody with numbers, that you should, even if they're Mechal Shabbos, you should ask them for a bracha. He said that when you see our kids with tattoos you should go over to them and ask them for a bracha because this tattoo that you see on your child is not because they like tattoos like the Goyim. It's the Chine Rebbe, Reblazer. Look at the clip. It was sent around. I could send it to you again or you could check it on YouTube. It's not because they enjoy tattoos. It's our kids acting like this is because of pain. Pain that was caused to them by other people when they were young. And he said they're a carbon seabor. They're atoning for our sins. Because there's nothing that they could have done to deserve this pain. And he said, you parents also, you, there's nothing you could have done to deserve this pain. This is a carbon seaboard. This is for the community. We should go over to them and thank them, not criticize them. We should go over to these kids and you, you could see how much they went through. Look at their body. The one with, with, with 50 tattoos and a sleeve, we look at it like yuck. Yuck is what happened to them. We should hug them and say, thank you. Don't tell them, by the way, thank you for being a carbon seabor. They don't like that. I, I told it to one of the kids. He says, really, I'm a carbon seabor? I don't want to be a carbon seabor. Take away my pain. Don't thank you. I, don't, I didn't ask to be chosen to be the, the, the carbon seabor. I was the, 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 the You know what I'm saying? 
Azazel, right. Azazel. I, I didn't ask to be that. Don't tell me I'm a carbon zebor. They don't like that. Don't go over to them. But you can hug them. Because you could see how much pain they had in their lives. Look at their face. Look at their eyes. Look at their bodies. Look at the scars and look at their tattoos. And you'll see how much pain they're in. And the weed is for pain. And the, the hard drugs is for more pain. I spoke to a kid and he was taking morphine. I said, that's morphine is for more pain. You're in so much pain. No, not in pain. Really? So smoke weed. I need more. Why do you need more? Morphine is for more pain. Nabuch, nabuch, nabuch. And then we criticize them and we look down at them. The reason that we're wrong is, is not because of a shita, it's because we're really wrong. When you sit down, if you get a kid to open up and to really talk to you about their lives, these kids who are doing these yucky, yucky things, by the time they're done really telling you, you'll go and shoot up with cocaine. You'll need drugs. You'll go get tattoos. If we were able to, I wish we could have it, to have a, a syringe that we each stick in ourselves and we smell something and 30 seconds we have of their pain. 30 seconds of what they live with night after night from when they started going off the derech and praying to Hashem, please help me, because they all pray. They all pray, please stop this guy from coming to me, please help me understand, please help me remember, why, am, why can't I concentrate, why am I losing the ability to function, why, I spoke to a kid, it's like he sees the truck coming at him, he tells me, he's, he's 13 years old, he says, if I can't start behaving better, which masifta is going to want me? I daven to Hashem, please, and all of a sudden he says, I don't know why I have no cheshik to daven anymore, but until I have no cheshik, I can't learn. I used to love davening. I used to love learning. I can't concentrate. And they lose parts of their ability to perform. And on top of that, we look down at them. On top of that, mommy's upset at me, and tati's frustrated with me, and they're angry at me. On top of they're losing their whole life. They have this cancer takes over their mind and their bodies. I'm talking about kids. I, I'm, I'm not dreaming. I'm telling you this is the story of our kids. And they wish they could be normally daven more than ve'eschanan. Ten times more than Maschanan, a hundred times more than Maschanan. And they say, when they're eight, when they're sick, I'm talking about when they're little, and they're growing up, and we don't understand where Hashem, why Hashem didn't answer them. Must be a carbon seabor. But Hashem doesn't answer them. And they fall apart. And then they say, forget it, there's no God. Or as one of them said, as many of them said, I realized I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm screaming, help, 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 and there's nobody on the other side. We can't, we're not allowed to say, uh, you have to be like the Balshamtav said, Kfiris Fayanim Suris. They were not answered. They went through Gehenim. Emotional pain. Sleepless nights. Our kids don't sleep. Your daughter sleeps at night? They don't sleep and they turn and they toss and they turn. Put a, put a recorder in the room, secretly, and then listen to it the next day because this is consistent. Our kids aren't sleeping. We have kids in the, in the prime of sleep, teenagehood. Supposed to sleep 18 hours. Ah, that was great. Friday nights in yeshiva. Wow! 18 hours of bagel and cream cheese and tuna fish. Right? And you wake up like you drooled, you're dead already for 18 hours. 18 hours. And these kids, these teenagers, and they're on drugs. They can't sleep. They're tossing and they're turning. Oi, oi, oi. Oi, and they're krechzing. Right? They're up and they don't, they don't, they don't have manicha. The Stachin Rebbe of Lezel Zangazinti said, you know why they don't keep Shabbos? Shabbos is yoy manicha. And they have no menucha. Shabbos is the day of rest. Relax, enjoy. They don't have in their head menucha. They can't rest, relax, enjoy. They don't have menucha. And then we criticize them. And that's the danger. So what you have to program yourself for is your job is not to stop them because A, it doesn't work. B, you have a long-term loss. 
Because over the course of this journey, if every time she wants to do something crazy, you go, uh, I don't know, uh, let me see, let me think about it. Right? We have somebody in group, every time he ends up saying yes, but for a week or two he tells always, let me think about it. So you're killing the chances of your daughter's survival. Stop, and none of you think about it. Realize that, okay, you can call me, you can call your Rav, you know, we know what we're doing, but stop thinking so much. I back you. I support you. Is it easy? Is it Gishmak? No. But look at all the kids that are from today. How many chasanas I go to. You see the pictures I post. These kids look amazing, fresh, Gishmak. They were doing these things, boys, with girls and terrible stuff and trafe and everything. But the parents carried them. Don't drop the patient. Don't stop being the respirator. You lose in the short term. Because you see over here, by pushing it off, it became a thing now. Now you said, oh, she's addicted. By the way, getting three tattoos is not an addiction. Getting ten tattoos is not an addiction. She now has this thing because you made a war. Anything that you go along with goes bye-bye much quicker. But once it becomes a zach, this is my, my freedom fighter, she needs it. Just give it to her and take her down there. And the last thing I'm going to tell you is, from the bottom of my heart, when you see your child get a tattoo or anything dysfunctional, but the tattoo is a real thing, it's hard to do. But if you really listen to what I say and you understand that this is a manifestation of their pain, you take them, you go to that thing, you go to that tattoo, and you give it a kiss. Okay? You kiss their tattoo. And you say, I'm with you. Because you know that somebody hurt them so bad to take your child and to make them need this for all the reasons that we explained. You kiss them. You kiss the tattoo. You give it a kiss. At the very minimum, it happened already anyway, it's going to happen anyway. You know you can't stop them by giving them a muscle shoes or looking down at them. So at the very minimum, you're build, building for the future, you're giving them love and you're giving them support, you're giving them understanding, but you're doing much more than that. That's the medicine. I am with you, I believe in you, and I'm never going to stop believing you. Even when you do something like the eating tray, it's yucky, it's very hard for parents. A boy brings a girl home, it's very hard. All these things are hard. Okay? Of course it has to be under my guidance, and of course with your rabbi's rabbinical approval, which we always have. But let's understand the tafkid of us for these dysfunctional children. Be their respirator. And never stop doing your job. As soon as you hesitate, I don't know, you sure you really need it? Disaster happens. Disaster, and we end up paying a high price for it.